Okay, we're going to go ahead and get started. I'm not a coffee drinker. I'm a tea drinker. I like hot tea, plain tea, not the frou-frou tea, and I like half and half in it. And then I go for Dr. Pepper 10 right afterwards. So that's my favorite morning drinks. So I hope you found a little bit about each other. Let's ask the Lord Jesus to teach us through his word tonight, okay? Lord Jesus, we just commit this time to you. We ask you to teach us through your word. Help us to learn from you, to find out what we need to know, and show us how we can depend on you more in our lives. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. Turn to page 23 in your books, and while you're going there, I'm going to tell you a little story. We're studying a letter. Several years ago, when I was cleaning out my mother's house after she died, I found this big box, and it was filled with letters that I had written to her. She saved every letter I wrote to her from the time I was in fourth grade. I didn't know that. I didn't remember any of the stuff that happened to me, but I have it recorded in those letters. And I was just kind of thumbing through them the other day, and I ran across one that was February the 1st, 1972. And in it, it says, I am praying about attending a small group Bible study tomorrow night, February 2nd. Now, I had been invited to a small group Bible study three months earlier, and I chickened out. I was afraid to go. I mean, faith is kind of personal. You don't go and tell anybody about it. This was back in the 70s. And so I didn't go, but God gave me a Christian roommate, and she was a brand new Christian. She was excited about being a Christian, excited about learning from the Word. And she got invited to a small group Bible study, and because I was her roommate, I got invited again. And I said yes. And I went that night, February 2nd, 1972, to my first small group Bible study. And I was nervous. I had only an old Bible that had been given to me when I was 10 years old, and I joined the church. I didn't know anything about it. I knew nothing. I didn't know the books of the Bible or anything like that. And some of you are new to the Bible, are new to Bible study, and you understand how I felt. I understand how you felt when you came last week or if, you're, if it's tonight. Anyway, my leader helped me find verses. She helped me read and understand the verses, and then she prayed for me to understand God's Word. And I enjoyed it that night. I enjoyed it so much I couldn't wait to go back the next week, and then the next week, and the next week, and the next week. And pretty soon I was studying things in the Bible on my own, just following up on whatever was interesting to me. I would go and study it on my own. I felt like I had been malnourished for 19 years that I had been just getting peanut butter and jelly. And there was this banquet table out there that was full of prime rib and, and baked chicken and turkey and boiled crawfish, my favorite foods. And my hunger to know God and his word was being satisfied through his banquet table, which was the Bible. And that year, he gave me a desire to help other women learn how to study the Bible for themselves. Who would have thought that that little scared 19-year-old, nervous about going to a small group Bible study, would be up here leading a Bible study for 50 women? I would have never dreamed that back then. But God has brought me to this place because I've relied on him, and I'm learning to depend upon him more and more. And he has given me a purpose and a direction and gives me joy in what I do. And that's what he does for all of us as we learn to rely on him even more. So last week we started talking about dependent living. If you remember, I gave you a little bit of information just reviewing for those who weren't here or because we've slept several times since last week. 
Dependent living is not staying immature. It's not letting anything happen to us. It is not weakness. Dependent living is submitting our strengths and weaknesses to God for His purposes in our lives. It is giving Him our skills, advantages, and opportunities for Him to use for His glory. It is relying on Him for the strength, the courage, and the guidance to do what He asks us to do. And it makes us stronger and more effective in life than we could ever be on our own. Dependent living is God's desire for His children. It is what He uses to transform our lives. And that's what we're studying about this whole semester, is what does it mean to rely on God, to depend on God. Well, I want to explain a little bit more the bottom of page uh, 29. So turn back to 29. What the Holy Spirit does for us, the moment you place your trust in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit places you in Christ. You are placed in Christ. That's what it's called in the New Testament. You are in Christ. Remember the activity we had last semester where you had the yellow paper? We dipped it in the clear liquid and it turned red to show you what the Holy Spirit does to us. God clothes us with Jesus Christ. So when God looks upon you, he sees his son. And that is the basis for your acceptance before God. You are perfectly accepted before God, totally loved, perfectly accepted before God because you've been placed in Christ. It is the assurance of your salvation. That's what we were talking about here with that deposit, the guarantee. That's the guarantee of your salvation, your eternal life. That is the guarantee for us. You are in Christ. That is your ticket to eternal life and salvation, never to be taken away. And it is also the basis of your identity. Um, like those colored pencils, take three packs of those colored pencils and add another pack, really. And there's about 35 things that are true about you the moment you trust in Jesus that become your identity. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in Lesson 5. But that's because you have been placed in Christ. Okay? You are no longer what the Bible calls in Adam. In Adam is how you were born. It is dead in, according to your sins. It is living according to the sinful nature. People walking around this earth, they are in Adam. But every Christian who has believed in Jesus Christ is now in Christ. It's a brand new identity. But also, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. That is Christ in you. He's called the Spirit of Christ, actually, in our letter. So Christ comes to live in you, and that is the basis for eternal life. You get life where you were once dead. That's called regeneration. The Holy Spirit living inside you is your life. Okay? You get power for living. That's internal. The Holy Spirit is inside you. You cannot live the Christian life on your own. You cannot try to be good every day, 24-7, doing it on your own. But because God has put His Spirit in us, we have the ability to be obedient to God. He can work on us from the inside out. You might be feeling those nudges every now and then. It's our power for Christian living. And His power is greater than our own. And it's greater than anything we could get from the world as well. 
And the third thing is, it's the relationship with the living God. That is the basis for our relationship. The Holy Spirit living inside us, speaking to our thoughts, speaking to our spirits. He takes our prayer needs directly to Jesus, directly to God the Father, interceding for us, communicating. And it says in Romans 5 that God has poured His love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So through the Spirit living inside us, we can feel the love of God. We can feel God hugging us with His love. We have a relationship with the living God. All of this takes place the moment you place your trust in Jesus Christ. These are important things for you to know as a believer. Are there any questions about that? Is this a good deal? <laughs> deal. It's a good deal. That's right. I wanted to just briefly go over what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't. So forgiveness, when you're forgiving someone, forgiveness is not making it okay, right? Okay, forgiveness is not denying the hurt. It hurts. He talked about the hurt here, the grief. It's not reinstating trust. Doesn't mean just because you forgive someone that you have to trust them again. It's not forgetting. You don't have to forget. In fact, God uses some things that the Israelites did in the past as a reminder to them several times in the New Testament. Remember what you did back then so that they would not do it again. And forgiveness is not a one-time action. Chances are it's going to be repeated daily until it's finally settled in your heart. Forgiveness is resisting revenge. That is in the Lord's hand. He's the one who's supposed to take care of any revenge. We are not supposed to take revenge. It is a decision, not a feeling. You decide to do it. You may not feel like doing it. And it is recognizing how much God has forgiven you and your willingness to extend that to someone else as an act of obedience to God. There's probably 20 things we could add to this list. Pastor Ron Holton preached on this last year and I saved his notes and I just pulled a few things out of it just to remind us of what forgiveness is. Okay, so in our lesson, we see several reasons why God wants us to depend on Him more than ourselves. First one, 9b, He's more powerful than we are. Have you raised anybody from the dead lately? No, okay, He's more powerful than we are. Verse 20, He's faithful to His promises. I make promises that I cannot always be faithful to, but God is faithful to His promises. 122, He owns us and lives in us. We have that seal of ownership on us, and He lives inside us. That's why He wants us to depend on Him. Uh, verse 17, chapter 1, we get distracted and disappointed when things don't go as we plan, right? Because we don't control everything. So he wants us to depend on him with that. To reconcile relationships rightly when our feelings are hurt. As somebody has already mentioned, several of you have mentioned, we can do it the wrong way. To execute tough love when a Christian is deliberately sinning and we want to restore them. We want to stop them and restore them. We need the courage. We have to depend upon God for the courage, the humility, the words to execute tough love. And then verse 11, chapter 2, to keep Satan from getting an advantage over us. That's just from this lesson, the reasons why God wants us to depend on Him more than ourselves. I think those are good reasons.
don't you? Well, here we go with our theme statement. Let's read it together. As his child, God transforms your life by teaching you to live dependently on him in weakness and in strength.